Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Hope your weekend was good. I got my Bible open in Matthew chapter five. You have heard it. You have heard that it was said, "Love your neighbor and hate your enemy." But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. That's Matthew chapter five, verses forty-three to forty-five. So, happy Monday. I like Mondays. Looking forward to starting my day off with uh, my friend and colleague, Patrick Albanese. He uh, is my first guest today, and he told me that he's teasing a presidential run. (laughs) And by that, I mean next Monday is President's Day, and he's teasing to go out for a jog around his block. Frankly, I don't see that happening. Patrick, welcome. Thank you. I'm bailing on that right now. uh, We're not seeing double digits till. I think it's next year. I don't even know. It's uh, the, Let's just say the temperatures that we are seeing in Des Moines for the next two weeks are just a little bit lower than the Kansas City Chiefs' final score. <laughs> <laughs> I take it you watched oh, the game? I thoroughly, I did. Okay. I, I, I enjoyed it. And, you know, I didn't watch the halftime show. That's, I watched the first half at my mother-in-law's house so I could be over there to fix a bathroom sink that was backed up. Nice. And uh, then I, I love the extended halftime show because it gives you a half hour to get home. <laughs> so <laughs> you're not going to miss anything. So mm-hmm. I, 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 um, I did. And it was, and I, you know, I'm a fan of the old guy. Whenever, the, whenever it's some old guy, <laughs> you know, one day I, I was telling somebody uh, at the gym, I said, one day I'm going to enter a bodybuilding contest, but I'm going to wait till I'm so old that there's only one guy left, and that's me. <laughs> you know, they'll be like, this is the over 100 class, and here's the winner. Let's just not even bother with the show. There he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, so it was fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I, did you, you watched it, of course. I right? did watch it. Yeah, I watched it through the third uh, quarter, and then when it was 31 to, not, uh, to 9, I think I, I stopped. Yeah, you know, had it been um, the the uh, Chiefs with 31 and the Buccaneers under Tom Brady with nine going into the fourth quarter, you probably would have stayed watching because oh, you said, I think I've seen this show before. We yeah. chatted He's about that back. the other day. It was the Atlanta-New England game. They were down yeah. by, what was the score in the third quarter? It was midway through the third quarter, and the Patriots were down 28-3. to Yeah, and he came back and won. That was unbelievable. He came back and won, and I mean, it's you know that the people in back, you know how they um, right after the game they hold up the championship shirts, and it's like here's Tampa Bay Buccaneers world champions, and you know that they have uh, you know uh, cases of the ones that say Kansas City Chiefs world champions totally that is sitting in back. Well, I think at that particular Atlanta Falcon Patriot game, they had already wheeled out the ones that said Atlanta Falcon, <laughs> and at the last minute somebody says, no, 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 put them back, put them back. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> yeah. And what did you think of the commercials? 
I, I didn't pay a ton of attention to okay. uh, them. And, and, and normally do. It was really kind of strange. They didn't necessarily catch my eye. And I was speaking a lot with my brother-in-law. We were ch chatting, you know, during commercial breaks because you, you don't interrupt the game. <laughs> no. But um, then that, that Toyota commercial boy, and I, uh, I think it was about five or ten seconds into it. I don't know what was the music or what it was uh, about that. You know, basically, it was very pro-adoption uh, about these people that adopted this girl, and she had to have her legs amputated, and then she became this world-class uh, swimmer. And it's like, I, even talking about it, and I've watched the commercial a couple times now, thinking, do I have immunity to the teardrops yet? Mm, no. And I don't know about you, I don't. Yeah, it's so strong. That thing. Mm -hmm. So strong. Um, I didn't buy a Toyota recently, however, so <laughs> that's going to have to wait. Mm -hmm. But uh, I thought that was, yeah, uh, and nothing else really, um, you know, the Wayne's World one was kind of cute. That was kind of cute. I guess. You what know, about uh, the Springsteen one for Jeep? Uh, you know, it, it, I I look at Bruce Springsteen. And I think, well, you know, you've said a lot of vile things. You're you don't you sometimes seem to dislike this country a lot. I think you threatened to move to Australia more than a couple of times. But I and I can get over a lot of that stuff. But I do look at him and say he's a Jersey boy. And I'm just not buying the whole cowboy boots. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying the open air Jeep. I go, no, no, you're a Jersey limo guy. I just happen to know. So uh, I think it was it was a, a suspension of disbelief. I just couldn't go that far. It's like, nope, not buying it. Mm -hmm. no. It was awfully fun to see the kind of grit that Patrick Mahomes has as a 25-year-old kid. I think he's the first player in NFL history to have played in two Super Bowls by age 25. So that's kind yeah. of impressive. Yeah. He's he's unbelievable. Although I, you know, I know that uh, at the beginning of this game they told us this is where Tom Brady passes the torch, and I said right about mid first quarter, Tom Brady said, "You know, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I think I really, I'm really liking this torch. I'm going to hang on for just a little bit longer. You can have it later." But you could easily see that uh, if there is anybody playing right now that could have a chance, a, a run at uh, some of the records that Trump, Tom Brady has set, it would be Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't see anybody else that is just that consistent. And the, the things that he does that uh, – there were a couple times I thought, isn't he on the ground? How did he do that? Yeah. He threw the ball perfectly, <laughs> and he was on his way down. He's not looking. I, it's magical what yeah. he can do. There's a pile of players – and then out of that pile comes this rocket missile football. I'm going, Whoa, how did he get that unleashed? It's yeah, and it was perfectly thrown. And then his guy drops it. And you think you got? I mean, he couldn't have done anything more, mm -hmm. uh, other than you know hand deliver it. But right, you had an interesting stat. Uh, we were talking about this earlier, and that was Super Bowl Fifty Five last night, and Tom yes. Brady's played in ten of them, almost twenty percent. Of when all Super Bowls, it. he's played in. <laughs> like 19% of all Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> it's, excuse me, that made me cough. Uh, it's it's amazing. And I think it did, a, it did a lot for, you know, I know he's been so wed to the Patriots and Bill Belichick that, uh, and my wife was asking me yesterday, she goes, oh, can one player make that much of a difference? I said, you know, somebody with his winning attitude and his work ethic and he comes into a place that's used to losing, and he 
slowly, meticulously changes their hearts and minds, something we're asked to do. Uh, and he did it by leading by example. Another thing we're asked to do with yeah. the good Christian life, be an example for others. Yeah. He does have an incredible work ethic, though, doesn't he? He really does. He, he watches a lot of film. And so, and that was another thing my wife was saying. She goes, well, what makes him so special? I said, he knows the other team's defenses so well that when he lines up and sees what they're doing, he changes the play to adapt to what he knows they're probably going to do because he's been watching so much of their film. He knows their defense almost as well as their defense knows their defense. Mm-hmm. And you can't shortcut your way to that. You, you know, you really have to, you have to put in the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, somebody with that much success would still have that kind of hunger uh, um, to, to keep putting in the work. Uh, that's pretty impressive. We all know, you know, that sometimes people get soft. They get a little bit older. They say, I will rest on my laurels. I don't need to put in the work anymore. And he doesn't seem to be that type of person. Mm-hmm. How has social media come out against the Super Bowl? I, you sent me something I thought was kind of interesting about uh, Tom Brady. Uh, let's see. He was called racist. He was called racist. Yeah, the Black Lives Matter movement had some of their adherents claiming that uh, him winning the Super Bowl in um, Black Hi- during Black History Month would be a racist move. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... I think it's going to take us a long time to heal these wounds because <laughs> that would have been the last thing I would have ever uh, gotten out of that. What about what about the African-American coaches on, on the uh, Buccaneers team? Well, and let's face it, their defense was the big reason they won that game. Nobody mm-hmm. shuts down Patrick Mahomes, and he didn't get a touchdown. Yeah, they scored nine points. Yeah, incredible. It, it's incredible. Yeah, and their yeah. defensive coordinator – is African-American. Exactly. I think I sent you this this week, and I can't remember who I can credit this to because I, I cut and pasted it off the Internet. But there were reasons for deleting social media. And I found this very interesting how oh, social yeah. media, um, it's, it's, A, it's a great way, to, quitting it is a great way to push back against just the complete craziness in the world. Yes. And that social media could be turning you into a jerk. And it, um, it's killing truth softly. I, and I would I would disagree. I think it's it's being pretty brutal with truth. It, it started out softly. Okay. But we don't we don't even do the let's agree to disagree anymore. That's true. You know, it's like let's just agree to never talk to each other again. It, yes. In his social media, is it we don't is agree it, to disagree? Yeah. Is it rendering your voice meaningless? Yeah. I, I I think, you know, have you, does anybody win any arguments on social media? I, I guess would be my so. question. No, I don't think so. You know, people sometimes will, will make a counter, well, they'll, they'll say to you, well, I don't believe what you say. And you, you know, you could counter with, tell me what it would take to change your mind. Um, you know, you know, people don't want to listen to the gospel, right? Then you and I have had this conversation many times, and 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 we think you know part of the reason why they they just say they please keep those Christians quiet is because they just don't want to hear anything that might challenge their current comfy viewpoints. Mm-hmm. It's just much easier to shut it down and not listen. And and I mean I'm putting all of us in that. You know that's that's easy for me too. It's like oh I don't know if I want to hear this. I'm not ready for that challenge. Uh, but it's tough. 
Yes. Uh, and and I, I, maybe it is, maybe your voice is meaning, getting close to meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. Is social media making you um, more happy or less happy? <laughs> <laughs> I asked a question I already knew the answer to. You already knew the answer. I knew to the, the answer to that uh, one. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. Do you ever hear anybody say, you know what? I turned, I opened up Facebook today and I saw this thing that just put a big old smile on my face. <laughs> Maybe if it's a it's cute dog video. Of, we used to do the cute dog videos and the cat videos. We don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think you had, there was another point you were talking about the, the ability to empathize. Uh, and it's interesting because you had sent me an article about uh, written by a police officer in Minnesota about the rash of uh, retirements, PTSD from, you know, the recent uh, upheaval there. Mm -hmm. And then if you just go down to the comments and see how people reacted to this person pouring their heart out about how tough it was and you know, having their personal information shared and they had to cancel credit cards and bank accounts and, you know, can't sleep at night because they're fearful that people are following them home. And there are people saying, well, you know, you deserve that because you're a cop. Right. You're treated like damaged goods from the minute you walk out the door. Yeah. And you think we're, we're losing the ability to empathize. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, I think I had sent you the article about the woman who uh, has a place that she calls her COVID getaway. She's a Los Angeles Times columnist and uh, she lives in New York and has a COVID getaway. So she, you know, in New York, you can't do anything. She has a place that she goes to that's in another state that's a little more open. And her neighbors had the audacity to shovel her driveway for her. And she was upset because they're Trump supporters. And so she says, well, I, I can't thank them. Maybe I can wave to them. And she settled on, you know, the best thing I can do is give them a chance to apologize for voting for Trump and then letting me lecture them, ba ba essentially, on why they're bad people. Hmm. How about just thank um, you for shoveling my driveway? How about just thank you? <laughs> I, just, mm -hmm. I, think, I mean, that's, that seems so simple. It's like, well, why does it even have to be an issue? Does it matter who they support? Why not just say, thank you, mm -hmm. appreciate it, neighbor? Mm -hmm. They are your neighbors. They're neighbors, yeah. Patrick Albany is, is my neighbor, sort of, my friend. Yeah. My colleague from the great state of Iowa will take a short break and be right back with lots more. I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I'm back with my friend and colleague, Patrick Albanese, to get the week started. I always like to start Mondays with a little bit of levity because life is difficult from what I've read in Scripture. There's lots of suffering. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I always think believers should be of good cheer as often as possible. Patrick, I don't think you're going to disagree with that. You there? Are you talking to me? Yeah, oh, I was I'm talking, not gonna, I was talking no. to you. You're my guest. I you, I thought, for, for a brief moment, I thought you called me Jeffrey. And I thought, well, <laughs> I, I just wait for Jeffrey to speak, who, whomever that may be. Jeffrey's not on the line. It's you and me, Bell. Jeffrey's not on the line. No. <laughs> you know, a friend of mine had just said, yeah, it's funny, he sent me a little something. He says, you know, it says in the Bible, 365 times, do not fear or worry. Mm -hmm. One for each day One for of each the year. day. I love that. I, I love that, too. Uh, I, I Anyway, I, I agree with your point. Whatever it may have been. <laughs> <laughs> Just that. You know, the, I was almost Jesus. late today, by the way. I was almost late today because you know how COVID slows things down. Having to wear a mask yeah. makes things a little more difficult. At the grocery store, it, 
uh, I was slowed down greatly uh, d thanks to the mask because I couldn't get the little plastic bag for my apples open. <laughs> 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 if you if you can't lick your fingers, you can't get that bag open. Yeah, or blow inside the bag just to get it started, get the no, bag open. No. Yeah, I think it was twenty minutes. They're like, "What are you doing over there?" <laughs> yeah. Do you do you have a mask mandate in the great state of Iowa right now? Uh, yeah, it was just lifted for the most part. Um, but we we um. You know, everybody in the grocery, a lot of the stores are still requiring them. So if they do, I I, I put it on. I took my wife out for a dinner the other day. Uh, she said, she called me up. She says, I'm downtown. I would like to go to a nice dinner with you. Wow. And uh, I know you say yes to that. Yes, you and do. We, we had an exquisite dinner and it was the usual, the magical walk in with the mask, sit down and COVID disappears at the table kind of thing. Uh, a delicious meal. And of course, and I did say to my wife, I go, this was a great idea of yours, you know, a week ahead of Valentine's Day, getting the 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 Valentine's Day <laughs> dinner out of the way. <laughs> you know, How'd that go over? No, you know, it didn't, actually. <laughs> she says, you straightened me out pretty quickly. On that one. Yeah. <laughs> said, oh, no, no, this isn't the Valentine's dinner. Oh, funny. I had to make, that has to be the day before for it to qualify as... You know, in the in the Valentine's Day rain, <laughs> so this, mm -hmm. this was just a dinner. <laughs> yeah. So you always, when you lived in Los Angeles, you had kind of a a, a secret for Valentine's Day flowers, which well, I, you know how. Um, yeah, you know, Valentine's Day is kind of a florist's way of putting their kids through college. Right. <laughs> so. You know, if you're upset, uh, it's like, boy, these are these roses really get pretty expensive. And, you know, you kind of walk in. The guy says, you should have bought them in June when I had them for, you know, <laughs> buck a piece. Uh, but um, it, one year it was it just it was kind of late and somebody gave me the tip. They said, look, the flower market downtown opens at 4 a.m. That's where the florists go. Mm. So if you don't mind dealing with a bunch of crazy florists trying to fill their order, you can just walk on in and buy roses. So I was like, well, okay. And so I can get some roses because it's too late to order them from the, 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 the you know, the place. And I, I go down there and uh, sure enough, this thing's wide open, this huge building, downtown Los Angeles, bustling with activity. And I'm walking from table to table. I said, I'm, I'm, am I reading this correctly? Are those, are those roses approximately $4 a dozen <laughs> with, with stems that are, are are bigger than a toddler. I mean, these are some, <laughs> some amazing roses. And so, you know, I, I buy a few dozen. I give them to my, my girlfriend at the time. And she says, these are the most amazing roses. And they lasted forever. And because I, I got to handpick them, you're not left at the mercy of the florist. Wow. So, of course, wow. the next year I said, well, this will be my plan from now on. And it wasn't long before I had a bunch of friends who were late sleepers. that would be like, why don't you pick up a dozen from me? And you know something? Here's five. You keep the change. <laughs> <laughs> My little side business didn't last very long. Oh, it's hysterical. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I was like, well, these are the ones you, aren't you guys charging a lot more for these things? Yeah. Yes, we are. Yes, mm. we are. Yeah. So, but, you know, like I say, my, my dentist did not recommend sugarless gum and he drove a Ferrari. So, <laughs> well, they say a four out of five dentist do recommend sugarless gum and you, your dentist is the one that didn't. Yes. And he's got the nice, the nice car. That makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, the nice car. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. He he gave out uh, Tootsie Pops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you have a lot of cavities as a kid? Because I remember going and going, I have how many cavities and how many trips back do I have to make? It was just devastating. 
I had a lot of cavities. Yeah. I, I had a devastating time. I mean, this probably formed my personality, so we can trace it back to Dr. Schroeder, uh, whose son is now taking over the business, and I still avoid that whole general area when I go back to my home. I, even, I go, if I, if I drive down that street, I'm, they're going to find a cavity. I just oh, know it. Yeah. There's a certain level of trauma just attached to that neighborhood. Is Yes. And he was also my orthodontist, and they had to put these clay trays in your mouth to make the, the first mold, and I was a young kid, and I, I bit him. And every visit for the next three years, he says, ah, it's the biter. The biter is here. When, when do I live this down, being the biter? Uh, but uh, he one time found 10. <laughs> 10 cavities. 10 cavities. I want to say seven and, was my record. So that's, look, it's an impressive run. But, I, I thought uh, so. I had a, I, they did it in, you know, two bouts of five. Oh, wow. Uh, Yes. So your head must have been numb from Novocaine, and then you had to spit into that little sink off to the left. You're not going to like the story. I was so scared of needles. No, 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 no. You went without? Uh, I did without. Oh, you're my new hero. I can't imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, not not long after this process, I ended up uh, as a young kid in the hospital for about a month, and they were drawing blood so many times a day I was bruised. And I got so used to needles that uh, said, all right, I'm ready for the cavities now. <laughs> it was a little too late. Oh, how did you endure that? Just the noise alone with the thought of them hitting a nerve would just do me in. It was, I think he was just gentle because uh, he, he didn't hit nerves, but the, the noise, but you can't get rid of that noise anyway. Uh, you know, I think that's actually why I ended up biting him later. <laughs> Sorry, Doc. Yeah. You got this one. You earned it. Yeah. So do you think we're going to have a return to sports starting in the spring with baseball? Are the stadiums yeah, going to be what percent full? I don't know about a hundred percent full, but, um, you know, not to make light of anything, but Somehow or another, we did a, a complete football season, and we had teams that would, you know, they'd quarantine guys if, if they had a little bit of an outbreak of COVID. Mm -hmm. But nobody got really sick. That's true. I didn't really hear of anyone getting really sick, which is no, encouraging. Nobody, obviously, nobody died from it, you know, and um, these are young athletes who are probably in the peak of health. So yeah. uh, that's certainly going to, you know, uh, help. But yeah. uh I think we've, we're discovering that, yeah, people, you know, under that kind of care and in that kind of shape— probably have very little to worry about. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how we're going to do the stands or the stadiums. Yeah, I don't either. Patrick, thanks for getting the Monday started off on the right foot. I appreciate uh, your time and have a great rest of the day. Thanks, you too. Yep, Patrick Albanese has been my guest, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa, the prestigious city of West Des Moines. After a short break, we'll be back with the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles is in studio ready to go.
Welcome back to the Monday Afternoon Mix. Pastor David Miles is with me today. David's a pastor at New Hope Church in New Hope, Minnesota. Tell me the website again, David, for that. It is newhopechurchmn.org. So New Hope Church. Yes. MN for Minnesota.org. And also, David is an adjunct professor here at the University of Northwestern. Yes. In biblical studies. Yes. Awesome. And that's www.nwsp.edu. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that one. So, yeah. so if you have kids who are still looking for school, go to our website, check yeah. it out. Amen. And, uh, Got an excellent um, team and faculty and, and leadership here, it's the and best. so invite you to come and join us. Yeah. So last time I saw you, uh, lots of ha- lot, a lot has happened since then. You celebrated a kind of a milestone birthday on Thursday of last week. Yeah, I turned. Should I talk about that, or is, <laughs> is that not something I should talk about? You can. Yes. Don't you know? Yes, I turned. Shut 50. up. Oh, you're too uh, late now. <laughs> well, you didn't tell No, that's fine. Uh, you didn't man. have to... Yeah. Okay, I turned 29 plus uh, a couple. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When, it was kind of funny. I walked into the kitchen and my two older sons, you know, DJ and Jackson, they were kind of laughing because we had just finished a wrestling thing. And they're like, you know, yeah, like, Dad, it's your birthday. Like, you know, you probably like... You know, you're you're older, and they. I was actually having a conversation with Tammy, so they didn't think I was listening. They're like, "Yeah, Dad, you're like 70." <laughs> and mm-hmm. then they just started laughing, and they're like, "He didn't hear you." And I said, "Yes, I heard you." I said, "You said I'm 70." I said, "But you have it wrong." I said, "I'm 72." Mm. You know, and then they laughed and gave me a hug and all of that. But Bill, here's here's a real cool thing. I mean, like it it truly is a blessing. Uh, for us to be alive. You know, I remember like the old folks used to say, uh, you know, and my mom would say, and others, there's people who wanted to get up this morning who didn't get up, you know, that wanted to breathe fresh air that didn't breathe fresh Mm -hmm. air, that wanted to take a step that didn't take a step, that, that, you know, there are various places. And God, the beauty about God is that he meets us wherever we're at. So today, if you're driving in a car, you know, or you're dealing with smelly diapers right now, or you are confined to a bed. Mm-hmm. The God of the universe knows your name, knows where you're at, loves you, and loves wants you. to know you. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's a pretty sweet thing. And out of my 50 years, still the greatest gift I was given was May 8th, 1987, 10.45 p.m., Topper's Restaurant, North 42nd Street by the University of North Dakota, between the emergency room doors and the bathroom and someone sitting down and not sharing with me about religion, but of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And as I remember that, I remember that, that verse, uh, Revelation 3.20, you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And someone explained it this way. They said, you know, David, behold, God stands at the door, your heart knocking. And if you'll open that door, he'll come in and have a relationship with you, sup with you, have a relationship with you and you with him. And uh, I remember writing in my testimony, they're not here anymore, but writing that literally asking Christ in my life was like lifting the Twin Towers off of my shoulders. Wow. And so... It's, I, that's I my, love that's, hearing that. That's my best... That and my family. That's your best day, though. Yeah. By you far. Know, it's it shaped, you know, it shaped everything about me. And, uh, and, you know, I'm still very much perfectly imperfect. Mm-hmm. I'm a hot mess that God's still working on and forming into Christ and uh and grateful that uh 
for his mercy, for his grace. Mm-hmm. So I want to continue talking about your identity and where does it get challenged the most? Well, you know, it's interesting you brought this up. I came across uh, an article and it said, 10 things I struggle with, and you probably do too, is boundblessings.com. And the 10 things were, I compare myself way too often. Number two, I worry about a lot. Number three, sometimes I don't feel like I'm good enough. Number four, I try to be perfect at everything. Mm -hmm. Number five, I care way too much about what other people think. Number six, I can sometimes be a control freak. Number seven, sometimes I'm pretty selfish. Hmm. I didn't know you were going to make this so personal today. <laughs> I know. Just, ah. Seriously. Number eight, I dwell on things. Hmm. Number nine, I can be impatient. Yeah. Number 10, I expect way too much. Huh. Well, thanks for the feel bad <laughs> Top 10. That was lovely. Well, they were saying that there, there's things that the person said, I struggle with, and you probably do too. Yeah. You know, so maybe instead of, of, of it being like, you know, a feel bad, it's like it's uh, keeping it real. Or as, as uh, one, of the, one, of, one of the guys, uh, when I was in seminary at, at a church that I pastored at in, in Waukegan, he'd, he'd say, you know, tell the truth, shame the devil. Mm, I like that. You know? And so, you know, keep it real. And I mean, these are all things, if we're honest, we wrestle with. And part of one of the things that we wrestle with is because it's, it's, it's an attack on who we are or who uh, we think we are. And, um, you know, I think <clears throat> I'm probably going to get this wrong, uh, which is okay. But one of our students the other day was, was uh, they do class presentations, and they shared this quote of, I'm not who you think I am. Um, I'm not who I think I am. I am what I think you think I am. Mm. And I can't remember the person who quoted that, but they shared that when they were doing um, a group presentation on individualism. And so, but so much of that deals with how we see ourselves. And the beautiful thing about this is that Jesus understands, you know, so as, as you're driving, we can ask the question, like, who are you? Like, how do you describe yourself? And for those who weren't with us last week, we looked at the story of Jesus' baptism uh, in Mark chapter 3, or excuse me, Matthew three sixteen through 17. And reading from the NIV, um, it says that as soon as Jesus from Nazareth was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And, you know, we had cover, uh, there's three questions that the father answered in that moment to the son. You are, you are my son, it settled the question about identity. And we talked about how the title of son was unearned. The title of daughter, it, it's unearned, you know. Uh, and then we said, whom I love, it settled the question about security, and how in Christ there's nothing in all of creation that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then the last one was, with you I'm well pleased, and it settled the question about value. And we asked this question. We said, what if Jesus would have measured his value in anything other than the inherent value he had in his Father? It would have been B.A.D. And that brings us to today, because after chapter 3 comes chapter 4. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, I'm, 
I'm good. You're deep. Yeah, thanks. So chapter 4 opens up, uh, and it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, now, a couple of things. First of all, notice it was the spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness. So sometimes it's not always necessarily that we've done something wrong, that, you know, hard times happen. Now he's led there and the tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. The very first place that the tempter, the accuser of the brethren, attacks Jesus is in his identity. This is my son, settles the question of identity. Very first thing that the tempter says is, if you're the son of God. Now, in in the the original language, it's it's done as a third conditional clause, meaning they both know it's true. So what he's actually saying to him is, because we both know that you're the son of God, turn these, tell these stones to become bread. Now, guys, we, you know, one of, one of the beautiful things for my birthday is that my family made me these, it's just a delicious meal of like, you know, sauteed green beans and some steak and, and um, some twice baked potatoes Yum. and cheesecake. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But <clears throat> Jesus had been without food for 40 days and 40 nights. There was no Aldi out there, no Cub, no Hy-Vee, no mom and pop, you know, um, grocery store like my, my in-laws own L&J Super Value in Cullum, North Dakota. So there, there wasn't one of those out there. Mm-hmm. So, so he comes to him and he's like, hey, basically, you know, tell these stones to become bread. And the very first place uh, that the devil attacks us is in our personal comfort. He starts right there in our, in, our, in our area of comfort. And what he was trying to do was he was trying to get Jesus to, to declare his kingship prematurely and to take his own powers into his own hand and to forsake his father's will. Because we'll see later again and again, Jesus will say, I, I've come to do and I only do what the father tells me to do. So, so Bill, what are, what, are some, what are some areas in life that we would say revolves around our personal comfort? Well, we've got, uh, in regards to our identity? Yeah, or just comfort and, yeah, our identity or just comfort and period. We want our um, our lifestyle to have certain levels of comfort. We want our bills to be paid. We want discretionary income to do some social things. Those are kinds of the kinds of things I I, th- I think you're getting at. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting because earlier when we read those ten list of things that people, you know, uh, we we struggle with. Um, you know, I I compare myself to other people. I I kind of I'm like Burger King. I want it my way. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to I want to I want to sing do the commercial of L'Oreal because you're worth it. Right. Right. And and definitely want to ring in McDonald's with those delicious French fries and say you deserve a break today. You know, so and that's one of the things. Here here the Son of God is and the devil's like, Look, dude, seriously, fulfill your own physical uh, needs and desires. And so sometimes when we're not um 
when we don't understand who we are and whose we are, this is an area that can trip us up. The areas of personal comfort and even just kind of physical needs and desires. Those aren't bad, you know. It's just that sometimes they begin to become all-consuming. Mm-hmm. And then we can want to feel the need to compromise on other things. So how's Jesus handle this? He says in verse 4, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And unlike Eve did in the garden, because this is kind of like a repeat of the garden, Jesus doesn't get into a discussion with the devil. You know, he just says, as it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but, but there's something qualitatively better than just bread. But everything that comes from the mouth of God and, and better to obey God than to satisfy human desires that are wrongful, that are pulling us away from him. So, the, but here's the neat thing. It's not a one and done. So in, in verse 4, the devil takes him to the holy city of Jerusalem, the seat of all religious and political power of Palestine, he has them stand on the highest point of the temple, which is 450 feet above the Kidron Valley. And he basically says, hey, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down and the angels will catch you. And in and, and this one, he's basically wanting Jesus to fulfill the prophecy of Malachi 3.1, saying, hey, Jesus, if you do your best Iron Man for Marvel and come floating down, the people will go, ah, Jesus, you're so cool. And this one is that he's tempting him in the area of popularity. And so what do you think? Like, what are some of the things that our world incessantly screams and says, if you do have or possess these things, you will be, quote, popular? Mm -hmm. Or according to Maslow's thing, that you will belong, that you will be accepted. You'll be in the right group. You'll be accepted by the right kind of people, which is the big lie. And so what are some of the things the world says that you need to be accepted and to belong to the right group and to... I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy because I'm not that popular. (laughs) I think you're pretty popular. I like you, Bill. Thanks, David. Okay, well, that might not have been a compliment. <laughs> He's like, well, thanks, Dave. <laughs> what would you find the answer to be, um, my distinguished guest? You know, I think sometimes on the area of popularity, we have all these various things that scream at us. Now, I want to I set it up this way. There was a period of time where we were a much more rural uh, economy and a rural society. And so you had men at that time, too. They grew up with their fathers and their uncles and their brothers and things like that. And so, you know, they'd be out herding cattle and they would say, hey, I have this issue going on. And an uncle would say, listen, you know, Timmy, uh, this too, it'll pass. There's some things you need to understand. Well, with the urbanization that happened in Great Britain that came to America, many people went to the city. And it kind of became a dog-eat-dog world. And then men didn't have those relationships as much, and so they started to take their cues from society that says, look, uh, BMW, nothing against anyone driving a BMW. It's the ultimate driving vehicle. 
And somebody could be sitting there saying, oh, you know, I don't drive that, so I'm not the ultimate guy, so I don't get the ultimate gal, and all this other stuff. And so there's various ways of which our society says, buy this, have this, do this, and you will be popular. You'll, you'll be satisfied, you mm-hmm. know. And so commercials and advertisement is basically, you know, um, having shows and things that scare the living snot out of us and then cutting the commercials with happy, smiling people. <laughs> with a product that's within a reasonable price point for you to buy. And then at a popularity, the saying is people buy things with money that they don't have and things that they don't like to impress people who don't care about them. Right. And Jesus gave his very all because he loves you. All right. That's a good time to take a break. Pastor David Miles is my guest for the Monday afternoon mix. Be right back. David Miles, talking about identity. Let's do a little reflection exercise, brother. Let's do that. Let's do that. You start. Well, why don't we, why don't we do this? Because earlier we were talking about um, what the father uh, said to the son. And the idea is that, you know, we want to see Christ formed in us. I mean, like one of the things is like, you know, the well-known verse of Romans 8, uh, 28, you know, and we know all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. But what makes sense of verse 28 is verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. And the idea that we are being formed in Christ and that when God sees the work of Jesus, when he on the cross for us when he looks at us. And so, you know, God sees us because if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Now that's true. So let, let's ask this question, Bill. What blocks you from feeling loved as a son and daughter? That's a great question. What blocks you from feeling loved as a son or daughter? What might be one thing? I would say, and we just experienced a weekend of this, it's performance or lack thereof. We have a society, you know, where things are measured by how well you perform. Mm -hmm. And so you, you can begin to feel like, Okay, I'm not doing enough. I think that was that was kind of one of the questions that, uh, and what makes people struggle with number three was sometimes I don't feel like I'm good enough, you know. So when they look at someone else, they feel like I'm not competing. I'm not. I'm not staying up with this person, and and so I think that's one thing that can make you feel like you struggle. Or number four, I try to be perfect at everything, because we think unless I'm perfect, who's going to love me? Or we can break it down a little bit more. If I'm not perfect, I may be criticized 
and being criticized that says something's wrong or deficient about me or less than about me. And, and that, that stings or that hurts. Listener jumped in with a great point. Very smart listener says the, the world tells us we've got to have it now. Therefore, instead of waiting on God, seeking his will and plan, we tend to compromise for what the world deems to be a good thing, but not a God thing. Then, then we are outside of his will. Ooh. That's solid? That's solid. Mm-hmm. I like to say that sometimes um, when we look at God's word, uh, we sometimes want glory prematurely. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is that um, verse 3 of Colossians says, if then you've been raised with Christ, so, so we're seated with him, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are of the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also will appear with him in glory. So when I say sometimes, we're, sometimes we, we, we want to be premature, we sometimes want glory. You know, we want, sometimes we say, hey, look at me. And, you know, and the idea that if people look at us, then somehow we have greater value. But you have a father in heaven who created all, you know, all things, and he sees you. And when I say about this, about premature, it's when Christ that who is our life appears, we appear with him in glory, but it's his glory, you know, and that's totally like cool. I mean, I mean, like when you go to a wedding, it's not about you. It's about the bride and the groom and the, the, the VIP who is Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Because this is a picture of Jesus and his church, but we still share in the joy, even though it's not all about us. So it's possible to share in joy. And when we see Christ, it's, it's going to be literally like just so amazing. You know, um, it's, it's kind of the song mercy me said, I can only imagine, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the Bible says that we, no eye is seen, no ears heard, nor has it entered into the mind of man. So, so yeah, sometimes we want things prema- prematurely. Yeah. So what helps you feel loved as a son or daughter? I mean, that's another good question to ask. What makes you feel loved? Might you feel love, Pastor David Miles, if God answers a specific prayer in a timely uh, manner? Might that you make you feel loved? You're not so sure. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I think there's there's part of us as children who want that, and I think um, I think sometimes we may struggle with that God, as with earthly parents, in love may not give us what we want when we want it, and may delay because He loves us enough not to just say it's Smarties and Snickers all the time, mm-hmm. you know, even though. Uh, I like Smarties. I got a bag of Smarties. A I don't see you bag. sharing them. Um, yeah, I I eat those. So, you, so there's no more. Yeah, but you bring it up. I do. Yeah, but I, the 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 last point that we should really jump to as we we close to let people know is the the third temptation 
was that the devil took Jesus to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and he said, all of these things I will give to you if you will bow down and worship me. And it's here that the devil tempts him with popularity, not popular, excuse me, power and possessions. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Jesus could have snagged that, except for one thing. His mission was to go to the cross. So that would have left us in an eternal world of hurt. And Jesus still said, get away from me, Satan. You shall worship the Lord your God. Listen, you're going to worship something. Why not worship him who truly gave his life, him who's worthy of glory, him who truly matters? And the question that we all have to ask ourselves too, as the devil said, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. So the question is, what are your all of these things? Mm, That's a great point. So. Solid, solid way to end. David, thank you so much. This is always so thought-provoking, and you feel loved when you get into God's Word and you, once again, speak truth into your heart of what Christ has done for you. Then you feel loved. Yeah. Nothing more powerful than that. Appreciate the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles has been my guest. We're going to take a little break, and then hour two is just ahead. Be right back with Steve Russo, and then also going to be joined by J.P. Padukala. I think I said that right. uh, Maybe. I think I butchered that one. I'm going to check it during the break. But anyway, he's going to be talking about singlehood. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.